Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, for the next hour, I aim to entertain and educate you about music and causes that enrich your life. A delicious mix of talking and music we call fun lanthropy, where the desire to improve the welfare of others is combined with fun and music. Today you will meet drummer extraordinaire and nonprofit leader Bill Carbone. You will also meet Christina Smith from Groundwork Bridgeport, who works very hard to create beauty and a sense of community in Bridgeport. And Chris Burbank, a longtime advocate of those with intellectual and developmental disabilities who writes a newsletter, Another Normal. More on them later. I'm Rob Freed, and welcome to Band Central Radio, where we broadcast the fourth Monday of every month on WPKN 89.5 FM, right here in Bridgeport, and on your audio device of choice, anytime you want to listen via WPKN Podcasts. As mentioned, we got a great show over the next hour introducing you to Bill, Christina, and Chris. We also have WPKN's... General Manager Steve DiCostanza here in the studio. Hey, Steve. Rob, how are you doing? Good to see you again. Great to see you as usual. Hey, before we move on, Steve, I'd like to ask the question. You know, election season is coming up. What does, oh, yes. <laughs> what does good leadership look like and what kinds of leaders can guide us through today's problems? You know, the social problems we face are complex, and rather than offer another opinion on how to address them, I've been asking myself, what kind of leaders do we need now to raise us out of these problems? What are, what are their attributes? So much has been written about leaders, the skills and abilities needed that I ask the question differently, starting with the idea that leaders are a reflection of our values and group consciousness at a point in time. Many leaders arise to fit the times. Maybe leaders like Churchill, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Roosevelt, Lincoln arise in our values, in our minds, and in our hearts before they ascend in history. Zelensky in Ukraine was a TV personality who built an identity of hope in the minds and hearts of Ukrainians, which translated his confidence to elect him as a leader. So I'm not saying that we elect Tom Hanks as president tomorrow simply because we revere him for his movie roles. Rather, I am saying for this time in our history, maybe we need to come together around values and attributes that bring us together. I'm not an expert on this topic. I'll ask our guests, who are each leaders in their own right, for their thoughts on this and give you a short list but now what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my short list of the top attributes. Steve, drum roll, please. Mm, yes. Okay. Here it is. So my three attributes are strong, unifying, and youthful. Christina's like, that's me. <laughs> no, and I say, I say strong because... <clears throat> Any leader will need resilience to persist in the face of opposition from these extremes that we have today. And I say unifying because coming together will require us to be governed from the center, such that this desire to win at all costs on the extremes needs to give way 
to skillful negotiation to get things done together and make progress. And I say youthful because, you know, while there's a role for old old and wise leaders, the energy and brightness to tackle problems and all of their complexity, it rests with our youth. Yeah. So question is, can we can we cultivate a strong, unifying, young, bright leaders? It may seem daunting when you look at politics. However, I want to remind everybody that if you look in the business world, we have seen entrepreneurs lead us into new ways of being with innovations like, you know, Airbnb, Open Table, Amazon, Uber, Tesla. And the like, which have radically changed our lives. So can we cultivate social entrepreneurs to guide us through the troubled times in our democracy? <sighs> well, okay. that, was, that was good. Thanks, man. Yeah, Steve, fantastic. So, thanks. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. And Steve, mm. you know, you're a community leader in your own right. You know, what does good leadership look like to you? Wow. That's a loaded question. Big question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about strength and then you also talk, I think strength with intelligence because, uh, you know, just being strong, you have to have, uh, you know, something backing it up. You also have to have uh, an element of uh, compassion, I think. And you have to, uh, you have to listen. You have to listen. You have to try to understand that uh you know put you have to put yourself in in the shoes of the people that are like for example here at WPCAN you know we have a lot of creatives and and it's very uh it can be very tricky to lead but uh, I think that I have to give people some leeway I have to put myself in in their shoes a little bit try to so figure you're, out you're kind of saying empathy but you said compassion before that yeah. and they're kind of sides of the same coin yeah, in a way right sure, yeah but that's that's cool, man. So we're going to discuss leadership with our guests. But first, let's listen to a song, Todos Los Dias, by my friend Rick mm, Reyes, nice. who will be headlining with Band Central on November 17th at Fairfield Theater Company to benefit Groundwork Bridgeport. We will be right back. Hang on. Hang on, what's going on here? I'll find this. Hang on.
que el miedo se convierte en realidad y que se encuentra detrás de la cortina y no fueron los frenos pero falta de energía aunque pierdas años ganas sabiduría todos los días me vuelvo loco todos los días me pierdo por ahí todos los días me vuelvo loco todos los días Yeah, yeah. Wow, we just heard Todos los Dias by Bridgeport native Rick Reyes, Connecticut's very own Ricky Martin, who will be performing with Pan Central on November 17th at Fairfield Theater Stage 1 to benefit Ground for Work Bridgeport. In fact, we're about to talk with Christina Smith from Groundwork, but first, let me update you on Band Central. Band Central the organization that I founded and, uh, and lead, will perform 16 themed concerts in 2022 to help local nonprofits, bringing the total amount raised for nonprofits to almost $6 million. Our, for, our fall tour features some amazing musicians, and I want to read you the names. Gabrielle Lakshmi, Stephanie Harrison, Susan Diedrichson, John Torres, Mike Marble, Gray Fowler, Cyrus Madden, Tommy Weeks, Anthony David, Eric Kalb, Gene Santini, Tiger McNeil, Pat Marfioti, Barry Blumenfield, Rob Somerville, Rob Volo, Rick Reyes, Darian Cunning, Morcos Torres Jr., Rick Zerkowski, Eddie Venegas, and Willie Rodriguez performing some amazing shows. You know, every season we feature different shows. This season it's A Night at Studio 54, Flower Power, Songs from the Generation of Love, Funk and Soul of the 1970s, Latin Rock, and Radio Hits. And we're doing it for some amazing nonprofits like... Operation Hope, New Canaan Mounted Troop, Wolfgang and Company, Siri, Sterling House, Cardinal Sheehan Center, Marrakesh Mission, Self, CLASP, Children's Learning Center, CENI for Family Justice, Common Ground, Diabetes Research Institute, The Klein, Groundwork Bridgeport, and WPKN. 
And I'll tell you, we stand ready to help local nonprofits and musicians thrive. So here are the upcoming dates. October 27th is coming Thursday at Two Roads Brewery. We'll be performing our Flower Power Show for the Center of Family Justice. On November 17th at Fairfield Theater Stage 1, we'll be performing our Latin Rock Show for Groundwork Bridgeport. Those tickets are available right on the Fairfield Theater website, November 17th. And then on December 12th, we'll be performing our Funk and Soul show of the 1970s at Park City Music Hall for Diabetes Research Institute. You can visit experiencebandcentral.com to sign up for our monthly update our tour dates, and follow us on Facebook at Experience Band Central. Also, I play bass and sing in some groups with upcoming dates. You can check that out at robfreedmusic.com for the schedule. Hey, joining us now, I'm so excited, is Christina Smith. Um, She leads Groundwork Bridgeport. Groundwork Bridgeport's mission is to bring sustained regeneration, improvement, and management of our physical environment here in Bridgeport. Their goal is to convert blighted areas into gardens, parks, and playgrounds that instill pride in the community. So Christina, you know, originally from Bridgeport, is working to make her hometown better. How cool. She has a bachelor's in economics from Princeton, a master's in urban regeneration from University College in London, and another master's in historical and sustainable architecture from New York University. So this woman has got some chops, and she stands ready to apply all that knowledge to to her hometown. And her goal is to make Bridgeport a place that people love to be. Christina, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's great to be with you. Um, So before we get into you and groundwork, you know, you heard the conversation that we had about leaders. What what are your top attributes of leaders for today and why? Okay. Um, So coming out of COVID, obviously, I think uh, one of the key things is for leaders to be like a chameleon. So able to quickly change and adapt to the various circumstances that you never know when they're coming along. Similarly, um, and because we plant trees, I think it's important for leaders to be like a willow tree, uh, which are known for being able to bend like a branch in the storm, but easily and quickly bounce back and have that resilience and flexibility to adjust to situations Mm. on a a temporary basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And then because I used to watch MacGyver when I was younger, uh, to be like MacGyver um, or an artist for those who didn't watch the show, where he was very creative in figuring out solutions to problems when faced with limiting constraints which I think many small nonprofits like Groundwork constantly have to face. And so that ability to be creative um, is important. Um, And then I'll just add a fourth and an echo what Steve said, which is I believe in open-mindedness and empathy in terms of the situations, again, that you have to work with and the people that you have to work with. You're working with a diverse population, different thinkers, and it's important to be open-minded. Well, thanks for that. And I I did ask you specifically for what you said, which is not the skills, but more like what are the characteristics of the 
you know, in the attributes, because it's this idea that if we can just get it in our heads, the values that we're looking for in our consciousness, we will manifest that type of leader. You know, at least that's, yeah. that's the hope. Um, wow. Really cool. I like how you emphasize this adaptability, you know, of our world changes willa. so much and it's important. I mean, whether as a small nonprofit or regular business, you, you hear about, you know, previous businesses that they would be so fixed in what they were doing that they would miss the boat in terms of like, you know, the innovation coming, coming ahead. Um, and so it's important to always be aware of your surroundings and, and adapting to whatever's coming around the corner and having that foresight there and using the technology that exists to, you know, make it easier to adapt to the various things that, you know, you just don't know what you're going to be faced with. Hmm. Interesting. So let's, uh, let's move on and Tell us a little bit more about groundwork, what, what the priorities are now, you know, and, and also speak a little bit to how can people get acquainted with groundwork, Bridgeport? How can they get involved? So we're at a really um, pivotal moment, uh, pivotal growth point, I would say, in our rebuilding phase. I was I was actually hired about six and a half, seven years ago to rebuild the organization. Um, and actually, over the last two years, uh, despite COVID, uh, we've had a lot of success in bringing in funding um, for increasing our tree planting programs, tree planting and care, I would say. Maintenance is super important, and so that's an emphasis and priority for us for the next however many years. If we plant a tree and it doesn't survive. That's not helpful for all of the benefits that a tree provides. Uh, the second thing is really trying to focus on the land revitalization. So we got a very large grant uh, to help with the development, the redevelopment of a three-acre site in downtown Bridgeport. And we're hoping that will be a catalyst for us in gaining our own expertise in doing larger projects. We've done many small projects, but we're looking to you know grow bigger. Uh, the city had released a waterfront plan in 2017, and we would like to help the city and other partners with implementing the projects listed in there. Um, and then the third thing that's very important to me, that is the social revitalization of a city. Many post-industrial cities like Bridgeport, uh, where people left because of jobs or, or many other reasons, the social fabric of those communities have kind of frayed. And mm. our goal is to figure out how we can bring people back together, how we can get people civically engaged. Everything we hear about in our society now, I think there's a lot of division. And again, it's about being empathetic, but looking to figure how, and as you mentioned earlier, how to unify people, how to f- help people find their commonalities and to connect with one another. Yes, we have social media and things of that nature, which presumably bring people together, but there's still, even from our students, we hear where they're on social media and they're on computers for lack of in-person things for them to do, that they still want to connect in person and connect with people. Um, so those are our three priorities. Um, we just hosted a 5K this past weekend. It was our first time doing it. We had a turnout of about 100 people. It was quite a success, a beautiful day at Seaside Park, and many people got to see Seaside Park. Hmm. Um, we just published a magazine, uh, a quarterly magazine, to help with changing the narrative about the city by telling other stories about the city, positive stories about the city that you might not otherwise hear. Um, And that's one thing that definitely I can 
you know, use some help on volunteers and stories about the city. We want to do a student reached out to us wanting to do a 16 year old, wanting to do a story about the Hungarian community that used to be in the West end of Bridgeport in an area called Hunktown. Um, we also want to do something on this, the former Swedish population that lived here. It's again, just observing some of the buildings around and understanding, Hey, why is there a Swedish club here? And mm. understanding what was the history of the city, um, as well as, again, as I mentioned, we're pivotal growth point, and so looking for people to volunteer to help with our strategic plan. It's nice to have our board help, but we want it to hear from the community as well. Is that magazine available for people to look at? Yes, the magazine is online, um, and I will be posting a post about it on our Instagram, which is our handle is Groundwork Bridgeport, all spelled out. And we're looking to get a print copy of that that we will distribute as well. So if people are interested, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Again, our handle is Groundwork Bridgeport and send us a message and we will send you a copy. You mentioned your goals, which are, you know, aspirational. And you've been, you know, a Groundwork, as you mentioned, six years now. Are you seeing some trajectory of improvement along the lines that you expressed? No, are, are you encouraged? I'm, I'm very encouraged. I mean, I've, I've been, the job I've had at Groundwork is the best I've, I've ever had. I've been so happy with the work that I get to do and the fact that we can, you know, try all sorts of things and see what works um, for the community and bring people together. Um, and I think that, the importance of small nonprofits like Groundwork is the consistency because while, you know, the mayors may change in a city and the, the, the values may change or the goals may change, generally the, the, the nonprofits and community-based organizations is, is what helps keep kind of movement going and progress going. Um, so I'm, I'm very hopeful. In particular, I would say, you know, for Groundwork uh, because a lot of good things have been happening. Um, and I really think that we can do a lot more in the next uh, two years in particular. I think we're, again, at a really strong point um, of change. Great, great. We're listening to Christina Smith, the, uh, the leader of Groundwork Bridgeport here in Bridgeport. Uh, the organization that helps convert blighted areas of Bridgeport into to beautiful areas. Um, you're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM, and this is Rob Freed. Um, so, Christina, we've got an upcoming event together in, in a few weeks uh, on November 17th at... Uh, Fairfield Theater. You yes, want to talk a little do. bit. You want to talk a little bit about that, and and maybe any other events that you've got coming up as you look into the future that you want to make listeners aware of. Sure. Uh, so, as Rob mentioned, we are uh, hosting Rick Reyes, or rather, he is performing for us at Fairfield Theater Company on November seventeenth. Tickets are on sale, and we would love to have. Many of you attend. Um, the work will be to, or rather the concert will be to support our ongoing work um, and keep us, you know, continuing with our tree plantings and the basic things of keeping operation, keeping our doors open. Very important. But again, that social revitalization part is is with that as well and bringing people together. Um, so that's the next event we have coming up. And it's on a Thursday evening. It's on a Thursday and you, evening. You're, you can arrive at around 6.30. And if you buy the ticket, I believe you get one drink complimentary. One complimentary so drink. So come on. And, and then, and then uh, the Mecha's cons- donating. Mecha Noodle Bar is donating some, some food. And... and um, 
And the event will start at 7.30 with Rick Reyes and members of uh, the Cosmic Hibados, his band, performing some amazing, you know, Latin rock. Um, should be a lot of fun, really. But we encourage you to come down because it, it's such a chill way to get to know groundwork as opposed to coming to some formal gala. You know, just slap on your jeans, come on down, exactly. you know, have a, have a great time and just come say hello. And it's worth it just to meet Christina. Um, any other events you want to mention or just looking out and maybe maybe uh, once more, um, let's give your social media handles. Yeah, and spring... Uh we're looking for volunteers always for tree planting. So again, our social media handles are our Groundwork Bridgeport. That's both on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we usually post there when we're seeking volunteers. So happy to hear from you all. Thank you, Christina. Hey, let's take a listen to a song featuring our next guest, drummer Bill Carbone. It's called High on a Mountain from Max Creek and their album Live at the Stafford Place Theater.
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. We are listening to High on a Mountain from Max Creek. It's live. Live at the uh, Stafford Palace Theater featuring our next guest, drummer Bill Carbone. Bill Carbone um, is an ethnomusicologist, drummer, and nonprofit leader. Since 2011, he's uh, played drums with the famous Connecticut rock band Max Creek, known for intense improvisational jams, which we were <laughs> we were just listening to. Bill Bill also appears in the Z3, an organ trio dedicated to the music of Frank Zappa, featuring organist Bo Sasser and guitarist Tim Palmieri. And I have to say, we've been fortunate this year to have uh, Bill Carbone perform with Band Central. As the executive director of Teach Rock, he is dedicated to making sure today's students experience music class in a way that makes you think, hmm, I wish they had that back when I was in school. That's right. Bill's superpower, if you will... Um, one of his superpowers, let's put it that way, is envisioning dozens of ways music can inspire conversation in intergenerational connections, excite and engage students in topics they thought they didn't care about, and present all learners positive images of themselves. Wow, that sounds great. Hey, Bill, welcome. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here, Rob. Oh, yes. Nice to have you, and uh, thanks for driving down from the Hartford area to uh, here to WPKN in Bridgeport. So, Bill, let's start off. Before we get into it, what are your top attributes of leaders for today and why? All right. So I was thinking about this, and I was listening to your earlier conversation and thinking a lot of crossover. The thing that really jumped out to me is empathy. I think it's the... everything comes from empathy. And then the, the second piece I would say is a strong ethical grounding. So, uh, I think of my own major decision-making in my life and every time I've leaned into a strong sense of ethics, um, it's worked. (laughs) So clarify, just what do you mean when you say ethical grounding? So any leader, because somebody, somebody's driving along, at 80 miles per hour now on I-95, and they're saying ethical grounding, huh? Okay, mm. what, what's this guy mean? Well, I think a- as you rise in leadership, right? So if I if I think about my own experience as being a leader, I'm 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 never working with a group bigger than 20 people, right? Hmm. So for me, empathy is is easier to attain because I get to know those people, right? And I get to love those people. It doesn't mean you're going to love everyone you work with, but you, you recognize their humanity, right? So at that point, it's easy to do right by them because you know them. But as you scale up, it becomes much easier to see people as groups. And I think any leader who gets to bigger and bigger situations is going to be faced with tough decisions. And I would hope that that leader would approach those from a sense of ethics. What is the right thing for these people? So... I think what we see a lot in our politics in the United States are uh, very calculated decisions that are often not the best for people at all. And more time is spent trying to convince people to 
root against their own best interest than there is trying to be a leader who says, I'm going to do this thing right now because I know it's the right thing and I will face whatever consequences come from that. But I, I, I really believe that an ethically grounded leader who acts from a place of true belief in what's right could ultimately win if they stuck with that over and over again. Hmm. It, it's an interesting distinction you made. The Being a leader to 20 people where you're eyeball to eyeball and it's relational to scaling that up to, well, what is, what is it if it's more people in groups? Hmm. Um, thank you for that. Uh, hey, tell us a little bit about Teach Rock. All right. So teachrock.org is a nonprofit that was founded by rock and roll Hall of Famer Stevie Van Zant who you may also recognize from The Sopranos as Silvio Dante. And uh, when he founded it, he got a founding board. So he was uh, helped launch it by Bruce Springsteen, Jackson Brown, Bono, and Martin Scorsese. So it got a big boost right off the bat. But the, the concept is to create uh, educational resources with music at the center. So not necessarily music performance, but how can we make social studies infused with arts? How can we make math infused with arts? And the, the key ideas are to keep arts in the DNA of public schools, uh, to empower teachers to reach uh, rising generations of kids who have the internet in their pockets. They have the answer to every fact-based question. Why should a kid today learn something just for the sake of learning it when it's really the answer is a, a click away? So what can we do in education to make kids feel empowered and excited? And then ultimately, by doing those two things, to positively impact the graduation rate in the United States. So we're what's called an open educational resource. TeachRock.org is a free resource. We have about 60,000 registered teachers in the United States who register to use the curriculum for free. It's K-12. to um, but we also work directly with schools. So we're partnered with the Connecticut State Department of Education, and we're working in 15 districts here. And what we are helping teachers do is write the arts into their classes, um, whether it be social studies, um, whether it be a math class, et cetera. So part of it, the, by having the word rock in your name, it's clear you're not teaching the classical method that was so much a part of music education when I grew up, it was, you know, from Europe, you know, the sure. idea that you learn. And, and you're also saying that with music education kind of ebbing out of our school system, here comes this organization that is saying, no, we've got to keep it in the music, in, in the school system. Is, is, is that kind of a, a real thing that you're fighting or dealing with? Well, it was part of Stephen's impetus to found it was um, actually there was there is a moment in our history. The No Child Left Behind Act tied funding to testing and there's no testing done for the arts. So all of a sudden there's no financial reward for districts to include the arts because it's if you're struggling with the testing, you've got to put all your resources in that basket because you need that federal money. So there is this moment in the early 2000s where you start to get arts programs just kind of falling off rapidly. And we recognize that there's only there's a lot of great organizations working to replace actual music performance. But what we think of our opportunity as is how can we help get kids excited about the academics that they need to succeed in 
by infusing them with music. So the best example I could give is we have a full course that we've designed called an American history of rock and soul. And um, we've got it approved, the whole state of California, it's approved now as a history elective. And so really what you're looking at is American history um, from Reconstruction till about 2000 taught entirely through popular music. And just to give like a quick example to, to make it real, one of my favorite lessons and units in there is called um, Native American Music from uh, Wounded Knee to the Billboard Charts. Timely, because we're about to have Native American Heritage Month kick off in a couple mm. of weeks. So uh, what it does is it starts with the band Redbone, whose song, Come and Get Your Love, you either know Come it. Come and get your love. Now you know it. Thank you, Rob. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> you had the guts to do that. I wanted to do it, but you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> right? It's the theme song of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's in lots of, uh, it's in lots of um, commercials, but it's also the first uh fully native american band ever to be on the billboard charts 1974 so we we start with that and say well why is that a big deal and then we bounce back uh to wounded knee which was in uh, 1893 it was a massacre and the first shots were fired because the people would not stop singing and dancing which had been made illegal so we're using um uh, there's a lot that's accomplished by doing this. First of all, you're starting closer to the present. You're starting with something kids might know, might recognize. Uh, another thing that I think is really important that's happening here is uh, we're starting a tough conversation with joy and success. So we're representing uh, Native American people in this moment as um, present, doing something really positive, something joyous and celebrating, and then able to look back at this tough moment. And then we get into source documents and it becomes a real history moment right then. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a, a real breath of fresh air for the students and for, for education as a whole. Wow. I'm going to ask you to pivot here. Okay. I want you to take off your teacher hat, <laughs> put on your musician hat for a minute because, uh, you know, tell me, I'm going to ask you the question. In the present moment, right now, what is getting you most inspired as a drummer and a musician? Hmm. I am. Uh, I was trying to think about this question, and it's the, the best <laughs> thing I could come up with is it's a big thing. I, I look for emotional connection, right? And so I know what does that for me. If I was going to, right now, I'm I'm super into uh, my favorite bands of the 21st century are the Dirty Projectors and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And what the thing that connects them both for me is there's there's a sense of urgency to what they do. Like I, I feel like they could not do it. So it it's not calculated. I mean, it's written and they've put time into it, but it, it just feels uh, like it had to come out of them, you know. And so I love that. But I was also thinking, you know, I have a, a 15 year old and an 11 year old, and uh, we have a real open policy with music in our house, which is. Everybody gets to put on music, and if I don't like it, that doesn't mean we don't play it. But I, my son is really into this, um, it's called dream pop. It's like trap hip-hop with lots of synthesizer, like swishy patches, and sometimes the vocals sound like the cure to me a little bit or something. Mm, but yeah. uh, I love listening to it and imagining what it feels like to be 15, year old, 15 years old and hear it. I hear the emotional connections it must be making. I tie it to what Phil Spector might have sounded like to a 15-year-old when it was coming out with the wall of sound and going for emotion. So emotional connection inspires me. And I don't have wow. to like the music to, to, to recognize what it means for that person. So I almost think anything can be amazing if it's making that connection for somebody. 
Nice, nice. We're listening to Bill Carbone here on Band Central Radio, WPKN 89.5 FM. Well, you know, you made the point about the emphasis on connection. That's what gets you inspired. And I can just say, having shared the stage with you, I know that your persona for me when you're behind the drums and we're playing a, a tune is that you're making eye contact and you're you're looking to meet me as the bass player where I am, you know, because as you and I both know, a beat can be a whole football long. And some people play toward the front of the football. Other people play toward the back of the football or the middle. And we're kind of figuring out where it is together. Um, I think it's one of the more fun things about playing with you is that you, you are, you can feel you leaning in to say, let's connect. Mm. Let's, you know, and, uh, you know, even though you're working it hard, you always have a big smile on your face. <laughs> well, I mean, what's what's better than playing music? Why? How you you got to smile? What a gift! Hey, talk a little bit about the future. What you know? What kinds of things do you have coming up that that our listeners should know about? Mm. And how maybe how can they how can they come hear you? Yeah, sure. Uh, Max Creek has a couple really cool uh, weekends coming up. Creekends, as we call them. Uh, this weekend, we're at Levon Helm Studios in Woodstock, New York, Friday and Saturday night. And um, that's so fun. I get to play Levon Helm's last drum set when I go up and do that, wow. which is like, wow. And then uh, Thanksgiving weekend, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we're playing both Infinity Halls. So we're doing the one in Hartford and the one in Norfolk. And I think that's going to be a really fun weekend, too. Sounds great. And uh, how about some uh, social media handles or a website or Instagram? Anybody, if they wanted to touch base with you, how would they yeah. do that? Well, for me, you can find me on Instagram's the best place. Carbone Bill is my handle. Uh, I recommend anyone who is even a little bit inspired by the idea of what we do at teachrock.org to check us out there. You can go to teachrock.org slash discover for kind of a quick intro in. And uh, yeah, or Facebook, of course. Wow. We will be uh, right back in a minute with News of the Benevolent. Now for news of the benevolent that spotlights causes and happenings in our community toward making the world a better place. You know, Band Central does live music events to raise awareness and funds for organizations that help with hunger, education, and many different kinds of basic human services uh, to make our community here a better place, um, you know, through the power of music with purpose we can we can make a difference out there and if you can find it in your heart to attend one of our events or simply give to these organizations i'm about to mention you can literally change people's lives here are some organizations we're working with this fall and winter clasp they create environments for people with autism and intellectual disabilities. Check out ClaspHomes.org. Center for Family Justice. They support victims of domestic and sexual violence. Go to CenterForFamilyJustice.org. Klein, building a strong community around the arts and music in Bridgeport. You can visit TheKlein.org. 
groundwork Bridgeport, converting blighted Bridgeport areas into garden parks and playgrounds. Groundworkbridgeport.org and DRI, which is Diabetes Research Organization, in their effort to find a cure for type 1 diabetes. You can go to diabetesresearch.org. Joining us now is Chris Burbank, mother of three grown children, including a son born with severe cerebral palsy. She loves working with parents to help them figure out how to make the most of their lives through her family's experiences with cerebral palsy, ADHD, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. She's been inspired to continue learning life's lessons almost daily and sharing with others. She received her certificate in leadership coaching from Georgetown University's Institute of Transformational Leadership. She also is a personal resilience practitioner. She has experience in coaching people at all stages of life to enhance their skills as professionals, parents, and partners. Um, She created a Another Normal, which is a newsletter to share information and resources to build a community of support and able to re- enable readers to learn to bloom. Welcome, Chris. Hi there. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you. So let's just start off. What are your top attributes of leaders for today and why? Well, I'd like to point out that I'm going third. So I had a couple attributes and uh, they have been mentioned And I want to echo, um, especially this attribute of empathy. Hmm. Um, But I am a fan of alliteration, so I'm going to go with C. And um, collaborative, I think. Um, I heard somebody say recently, it's a really good question for us to ask ourselves on a regular basis, how could I be wrong? And I, I think good leaders know how to collaborate with other people on their teams and ask, how could I be wrong and what might I learn from you? So collaborative is one um, and courageous is another. And I think you heard a little bit about that today, um, thinking about things and getting people to talk about things that maybe they're a little bit uncomfortable with yeah. um, and providing uh, a vehicle for, for folks to do that. That's what good leaders really do. And the, the last thing um, that I see more and more, and I see you actually, Rob, as a really good role model for this, is curious because we don't learn. Why do you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't learn if we don't ask questions. You know, like I said a minute ago, how can I be wrong? the, The best leaders are the ones who don't think that their idea is always the best idea. And so they're curious about the people they're working with. They're curious about the people they're trying to, to help. Um, those are my three. Wow, beautiful. The three C's. Mm. <laughs> Chris's three C's. <laughs> tell, tell, thank you for that. And tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you become an advocate and a newsletter writer? Sure. Um, so I have, as you mentioned, three grown children. Um, my middle son was born four months early with cerebral palsy. And I think when parents have a child who's different in some way, you naturally are put into the role of advocating. You're advocating for your child, you're advocating for your family, you're advocating for yourself. And so I have just been advocating and learning how to advocate to, to try to make the world a more inclusive place for the past you know 25 years. And part of that for me was really working with families and learning how to help other people kind of help themselves. Sometimes that's sharing your own experiences. Sometimes it's this point about being curious. It's just asking the right question to get somebody to 
to understand what they already know. And so I have done a lot of work in the nonprofit space, and I have also, um, you know, worked with families as a coach and, and even worked with organizations, corporations, and nonprofits to coach leaders. Um, and another normal kind of came out of that because I have access, I think, to lots and lots of people and organizations and information that's really helpful. Um, and parents are so busy. Mm. especially parents of kids who have medical or, or other kinds of uh, developmental and, and disabilities. And so another normal is just my way of sharing um, people and resources and encouragement to educators, parents, other family members, health professionals who want to help young adults with disabilities kind of bloom and grow. Yeah, and I, I, I hope listeners can hear it like I'm hearing it. It even comes through in your voice and your energy mm. when I've, you know, that you're kind of a leaning in and get it done kind of person. I, when I first met you and you were one of the founders of Wolfgang and company, the, the yes. local nonprofit that provides skills training and life skills training to, um, adults with, you know, developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. you approached me about doing an event with you. And I, I said, I'm ready to put some chips on this woman. She's going to deliver. Oh, thank and you. Our first event with you, you might oh, remember, we, had, we, had the, we got the Temptations to come perform at Fairfield Theater with Band Central performing with them. And I know we we were able to raise close to $200,000 for Wolfgang. So uh, Chris is a, a deliverer. Uh, how can people learn about, you know, with an, another normal? How, oh, it's can easy. They, how can they subscribe and, you know, and, and how could they maybe engage with some of the other things that you're doing? Sure. So thank you for asking that. And um, thank you for giving uh, Team Wolfgang a little plug because they're a great organization. They do great stuff. Um, Another Normal is available free to anybody who wants it online. Um, it, so it comes, comes like weekly? Yeah. It, but, it depends on how busy I am. But it, weekly, yeah. bi-weekly. Yes. Yes, and um, really the, the joy of it is to create community. So there's an opportunity for people to um, write in and, and ask for particular information on a topic. I tend to provide resources on everything from travel and housing and employment and self-esteem and sexuality, everything that young adults with disabilities are kind of involved with and that people who care about young adults with disabilities are yearning for information on. So yeah, it's just online at www.anothernormal.substack.com. And Substack is the platform that I use. Let's say that one more time. www.anothernormal.substack.com. And and how about some of the other things that you're doing? Um, just, you sure. know. Sure. Because I know you've, you know, you're I, into leadership I, and you're yeah. studying lots of stuff. What, what, what other stuff? Well, you-, you know, we were talking the other day about um, being parents of 20-somethings. I, I just, um, I have never felt more strongly that this world needs good leaders. And the world is getting more and more complex. Um, so I tend to try to read a lot about leadership. I do, uh, leadership development work for, as I said, for nonprofits and for, uh, corporations who want to be able to pull their folks away from the day-to-day responsibilities of running an organization and spend time learning about how we can be better leaders. Um, and I also do, as I think you mentioned, um, some work in the area of resilience and trying to help people through a variety of means to, to be more resilient in the face of this complex world and to make the most of this 
great life that most of us have, right? You know, I mean, I think for a lot of us, we all have worries and concerns, but if we can frame it to look at what we have and how sharing some of that, you know, you've had these great guests on today who are taking their strengths and sharing them with their communities in ways that are just going to make our world a better place. So that's what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited. Man, that is great. We were talking to Chris Burbank here on Band Central Radio on WPKN 89.5 FM here in Bridgeport. Um, you know, that's amazing that if, if somebody's listening and they are a leader of an organization, maybe it's a nonprofit, maybe even just a leader of a team uh, uh, or want to be a leader, you know, what Chris is really saying is that, you know, she... She loves to coach. She loves to offer, you know, not her just dictating how things should be done, but just kind of hearing your situation and trying to, you know, meet clients where they are. Exactly. And it's a, it's an interesting point you make. It, I think one of the reasons that I, I came into coaching and I like it is that you're not advising people. You're not telling them what to do. You're asking them questions that sometimes they don't have the time to even ask themselves and helping them find the answers that they already have deep within. And I think for most of us, whether we like it or not, we are in the position to be able to be leaders. I mean, look at you, Rob. You you are a role model in the work that you have been doing and creating Band Central. And I would imagine you didn't set out to be a leader in this area. It, it happens. And so I look at parents. Parents are the leaders of their families and, you know, leaders in their communities. And so I think we start with how do we lead ourselves? How do we comport ourselves in, in a certain situation? And then how do we bring people along for the things that we're passionate about and lead in that area? Yeah. I th- one thing I noticed about everybody on the program today, you can feel the passion and the energy. So yeah. obviously that uh, you've got to come up with a C word for passion. <laughs> but uh, and I know that's that's the thing that, that I find. That it's just there's something flowing through me that makes me want to help you know, other people be successful, um, whether it's the musician community that I, that I care so much about or, or the nonprofit community. Um, so, Hey, guess what? You know, we're kind of getting toward the end of our program here. I want to say thank you to Audrey Neforest, Paula Murphy, Andy Cadison, and our guests, Bill Carbone, Christina Smith, Chris Burbank and Steve DiCostanza. Our next show is Monday, November 28th. Take good care, y'all.